Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of The Travel Show. I'm your host Pascal. Enjoy the show. In today's episode we will talk with Jay. Jay is a guy from British Columbia in Canada. And basically he tells me his life story about when he started rapping and then he moved to Los Angeles, United States and how he lived basically his entire life and uh, something about yoga and food as well and this is a two-part episode and this is the first 36 minutes of this conversation and tomorrow we have the rest of it so enjoy and yeah Enjoy. Mm. Hey Jay, how are you doing? Can you hear me? Hi there. Can you hear me? Hi there. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> Worried I about my headphones, in, but they're they're not working for some reason. Ah, uh, I get it. Yeah, it's like silence. Huh? It, it's like taking over the microphone. It's not mm-hmm. Ah, I get it. Yeah. So you're from British Columbia in Canada, right? Yeah. Well, uh, originally I'm from uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, the complete mm-hmm. other end of the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's it yeah. being there, living there? Is it like sometimes like too much snow or uh you know what be like the east coast where i'm originally from we get Uh, like six feet of snow sometimes 12 feet of snow and then here i'm at it's the most beautiful part of the country and Mm -hmm. we don't get any snow here there's palm trees and it's warm all the time ah well a lot of people don't know that 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 there's a a beautiful place like this right here in canada (laughs) <laughs> so anybody who has a travel destination who wants to visit, you know, North America, this is definitely a hot spot. Yeah. And I'm in Victoria, British Columbia. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So for you, I have to go for the palm trees, for the sun. How normally, how hot yeah. can it get? Like, it's still in the north, so it's not that hot, I think, right? Right. Um as far as I've ever been south was Florida. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, we went to, to Disneyland and did that whole Disney thing. Yeah. When I was like 10 years old with my family. And then uh, in 2014, I went to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Ended up staying for like a whole year in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's actually the story the story that gets me back here to the west coast was because when i left los angeles mm-hmm. and i had to come back to canada which is like part of the whole story that i'll, that I'll get to there. <laughs> but when I, when i came back here i had to go i had never been out west before and i had a lot of friends living out west so i thought like you know what why why go all the way back to the east coast where i know everything i've been through it all you know it's <laughs> yeah done. 
and I thought, oh, you know, I'll come here and I'll adventure around out in the West Coast. And definitely no regrets. Uh, yeah. No looking back at this point. That's good. Yeah. Been out here. Every experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do they mostly speak English there or is it like more the French part of Canada? You know, the French part is more of the East Coast thing. Mm-hmm. So the East Coast starts in like Ontario and uh-huh. that's where you have Toronto, yeah. which is like... I've never been in Canada, so I don't know anything about Canada. Ah. Well, for the people at home listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah Tr- Toronto is probably like the most well-known, one of the most well-known, Toronto, mm-hmm. Vancouver, and Montreal. Yeah, Quebec. And, and then Quebec comes after... Well, Mon- Montreal is, is in Quebec. Quebec is the province. Uh, yeah, the province, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, so then you work your way more east. And the further east you get, mm-hmm. you get down into the maritime provinces where I'm from, yeah. which was Nova Scotia, uh, New Brunswick, and Prince Edward Island. Mm-hmm. In, New Brunswick is a fully bilingual province. So you need to speak French to just to live there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To get a job, French and English. Both. Yeah. Well, I'm from the Netherlands myself, and uh, you know Belgium. Belgium is like yep. the weird part where people speak Dutch and French as well. So, and some German. Wow. It's always weird for me when I'm there because everyone speaks French or either Dutch. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I find it so interesting how the other side of the planet everybody seems to speak more than one language yeah whereas here it's kind of like everyone just speaks english and then yeah. you get to quebec and there's a lot of people who just only speak french mm-hmm. and it's kind of it's interesting i mean i lived in new brunswick the bilingual province i lived there and it's interesting how many people get angry about it you know and they're upset they're like no i speak english i'm not gonna speak any french <laughs> It's like, why not? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah. What's wrong with other languages? Like they look down on it. They look mm-hmm. as if as if knowing another language is like makes you I don't know. Dumb or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but basically from primary school we already get English schooled in, so it's like very standard for me to speak English. And also a little bit of German as well. It's like and French as well. You get like four different languages at, at primary school, so yeah, for me it's just quite right. and everyone in well Netherlands, I'd say ninety-eight percent of the people speak English, so bit of any accent. So I guess it's just from uh, proximity, then, right? Because yeah. you're so close to all these different cultures, yeah. that are right there. Yeah, no, we're so Europe, you can go there everywhere within like maybe like three hours by plane and you will get to the other side of Europe and you know three four hours yo that's the other thing that gets me is that y'all have these like crazy cheap airplanes you can fly on (laughs) for me for me to fly back home right now is about five to eight hundred dollars to fly one way just to go back to the east coast from the west coast yeah so as as you can imagine, we don't really fly around very much here in Canada. I fly all the time. I'm going next week back to the Netherlands. 
and only costed me like 60 euros so say in dollars that's like 75 euro dollars yeah like super cheap yeah well i don't get any food though but uh it's only one hour flight so i don't care no food no movie yeah no no movie on your phone <laughs> that's right yeah. probably better movies on your phone yeah netflix just download them and you can go yeah and especially nowadays, they're like very cheap flights for like, say, $220 to New York from Dublin. Like literally. It takes you seven hours and you get no food for seven hours. Uh, no entertainment as well. So that only costs you like $200, $220. So it's like, what? But you know what? I would take that. Yeah. I would take that flight. Mm-hmm. That's not too bad. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're looking at the same kind of time frame getting from the west coast of Canada to the east mm-hmm. coast. Like it's an all day adventure. And yeah. The, the, every time I've come here, oh, they make you do a transfer, so you don't just get on one plane. You get on like three or four different planes, and they stop all the way across the whole country. And there's layovers. I hate those. Yeah. And then at some point, you'll get off the plane, and you just gotta run mm-hmm. and run run and get to the gate and just slide in at the last minute yeah especially in the united states you have to also get your back again and then check your back 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 in again and yeah go to go to tsa do this do that get validated by tsa violated yeah oh yeah i mean luckily that only happened once to me Mm -hmm. and that was when i was flying from Shit, I can't remember where I was going. But it's only ever happened once yeah. where I had to go and get my bag, even though I was at a connecting flight. Like I was getting, I was still in the airport. I never left the airport, but I had to go pick up my bag and then go check it through again, through security, do all that again, mm-hmm. and get on another plane and go. But like I literally never left the airport. But that's only happened once. Usually they take care of it all. Yeah. You know, they, they get the bag, they know where it's going. And they take care of all that. Once in a while, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and we have like open borders, so we, we don't really need passports or anything. Well, ID, of course, Sunday, but uh, so we can just go anywhere we want, you know, by car, by train, whatever, plane. So it's very convenient as well just to travel here. You know, it's like made for traveling for me. So, yeah. Yeah, well, we don't need a passport within Canada here. No, not even in Canada. Canada's like large, but I'm talking about different nations here. You know, basically, if I want to go from an island to somewhere in Europe, I don't even need to show my passport at all sometimes. Sometimes you just oh. want to, to see, but yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. And uh, British islands are different. They are not part of European passport control, so you need to have like your passport shown and you need to go to like an electronic gate. It's pretty easy, but yeah, it's weird. Because the islands are different. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I went to, I went to Los Angeles. Well, what was going on was, mm-hmm. uh, I was in a band. I was in several, I've been in several bands mm-hmm. in like rap and hip hop music. Yeah. 
since the, since the early nineties. And we were one of the first in our, in our province to even do like a rap live hip hop performance, mm -hmm. like where we would write our own lyrics. We would record all our own music oh, cool. and we would like, uh, perform those. And this is back in the day when you would go and try and get a live show somewhere. And then, you know, the owner of the club was like, nobody likes rap music. Get out of here. You kids are crazy. I mean, look at it now, you know, multi-billion dollar industry. Mm -hmm. And it's funny looking back at those, those same club owners now, who like, you go into those same clubs, if any of them still exist, a couple of them do, you know, and that, that's all they play now. It's like very hip hop and rap influenced kind of music, you know, yeah. and looking back at y'all thought this was never going to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I did that for like, she's five or six years with my buddies just torn around. Oh, lots of late nights, lots of parties, lots of drugs, <laughs> women. Yeah, was, you get a bit of it. It was just like in the movies that you watch. It was exactly like that. I and mean, we didn't make it like that. It just is like that. You know, we didn't ask for it. It just kind of happened. It turned out that way all the time. Yeah. Well, when you get popular and uh, people get to know you, you know, you start to getting like more access and more doors will open for you. So, yeah. It means like more part, yeah. more women, more everything. So, like I said, no one was booking rap shows back in the day. Mm -hmm. But we had these friends who would put on raves, and like raves were, were getting really big. So raves at like warehouses, things mm -hmm. like that, and just like jungle music and techno and trance. Yeah. And so since we had friends who were DJs in the rave scene they would book us and our rap band to open up at the rave. Oh, cool. So we opened up at the raves. We got booked all the time. We were playing like three or four shows a month, every month. Whereas there was other little rap groups starting to come out and emerge too. And I remember them kind of getting jealous and they're mad at us too. They're like, you guys get to play all the time and we never get to play. <laughs> and we're like, well, I don't know. It's like, these are just my friends, you know, my friends are rave DJs. What, what do you want? Like they hook us up. Like, it's not like you got connection to play at a rave and they let us in. It, you just had to know somebody. Kind yeah. Of. yeah. And then we got known as these rave rappers and everybody raves is like high on drugs. So then after the rave was over, there was the after party. And then after the after party, you go to somebody's house. And then after somebody's house, you go to somebody else's house. Well, now three or four days has gone by and nobody's had any sleep. And you know, some of us have to go back to work eventually. <laughs> and uh, you can imagine how that could like wear away on your soul after a while. Yeah. You don't know what, what day it is, what time it is. You don't know anything. You just like... Look lost, maybe yeah. even. <laughs> yeah, lost time, lost jobs, lost girlfriends. Uh, family stops talking to you after a while. Mm. I mean, you do lose a lot of stuff being in that business sometimes. And I mean, it doesn't have to be that way. I know a lot of people, you know, hold it together. But when you're like in your like early twenties and you don't have any guidance, you don't really have a manager and you're just getting all this money and all these, and all these drugs and all these parties all the time. Like no one's telling you, no, like no one will ever say no. That's a scary thing when no one yeah. holds you accountable. You don't have any friends in your corner. Mm -hmm. say like, and then you will fall hard on the ground and then, you know, but you will get up eventually. But yeah. Exactly. 
And I mean, that's kind of what happened. So we all, we all fell apart. Like the band fell apart. So we had three rappers and then a DJ Mm -hmm. and we all just went our separate ways and each started doing our own separate, you know, solo music over time. And, uh, after a, several years had gone by, I, you know, stayed friends and stayed close with everybody, but like we weren't making music together. We weren't touring and traveling anymore. Uh, one of my best friends who we had started the first band together, he had just gotten married and I was over at his house and his wife jokingly talked about moving to Los Angeles. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'll move to Los Angeles with you guys. And they're like, what? And they they had talked about it like as a couple before, but they really didn't want to go because it was going to be just them. They wouldn't have any other friends there. And they told me that. And I was like, yeah, shit, yeah, I'll go. I'll go to L.A. We'll live there. We'll start some rap again. We'll do some stuff, man. So they got their they got their shit together pretty quickly. She was a nurse. So she got everything ready in like three months. They were ready to go. And I was like, whoa, like, I'm definitely not ready. I mean, I just started dating this new girl. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, how's it going to work out? Like, hey, baby, I know we just started dating and everything's going great, but I'm out of here. Bye. Yeah. So, but still, you know, it was going to take me at least a year to wrap up all my loose ends. Also, the girlfriend, uh, and then she had two kids who were starting to call me like stepdaddy and things like that. So it was getting serious and it was getting really involved. And then something happened where I lost my job. Mm. That was it for the girlfriend. No more money. She went away. And I was just kind of like spiraling down into this like black hole. And I was like, what am I going to do with my life? So I sold everything I owned. I sold all my computer equipment. I sold my car, my baby, my car. I sold all my clothes. I sold everything just to get all this money to move to LA, not just for the plane ticket, which was crazy expensive, but to have like, you know, like a good chunk of change in the bank when I got there. Yeah, that's important too. You need to have some money, some bread. Yeah, I mean, and it's, I, I, I don't want to say it's a super expensive place to live in LA. What's expensive is things like, I think the water bill is like $300 oh. uh, or something like that. And then the gas bill is just crazy. And then the rent, the closer. So we lived down in Venice Beach. The closer you live to the beach, the more the rent goes up. And it's literally like $1,000 per block. So if you just go a block away from the beach, the rent goes down by 1000 bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So I hopped on the plane. This was Halloween of October. So October 31st hop on the plane and like i know how to ride planes man i wear a suit every time i ride a plane i don't want any hassle i don't want to look like a vagabond i don't want any trouble from anyone so i put on a really nice suit and i just slide right through so i get on the plane i slide through i go through um whatever all the transfers were i had to go through in canada <laughs> i get down to la and lax my friends are there they pick me up we go down to the house that they had rented we get into the house, drop off all my stuff. We run down to the beach where there's a bar called the Venice Bistro. It's closed now. It just closed down last year. The Venice Bistro 
this is where like the doors used to perform and the doors used to hang out and and everything so it was really really cool atmosphere and so i haven't even been in la for more than like maybe an hour and a half and they've already got me my own rap show and i'm playing like a full rap show down on venice beach (laughs) everybody's dressed up there's hundreds of people everywhere having a great time it was awesome it was amazing yeah time of your life yeah my life yeah and then you know that kind of thing just kept repeating over and over and over and uh we just kept booking booking gigs all over california traveling to them playing them coming back home you know regroup get some sleep go out and do it again Um, in between i guess we had to pay some bills a little bit uh like i said uh my buddy's uh, wife was a nurse so the nurses there if you're from canada you make three times the amount what you were making in canada and i, mean, wow. I already make pretty good money in canada <laughs> so they, they she was doing pretty good so she was like don't worry about anything don't worry about it just you know get some spending money or whatever so we would do websites for people and do graphic design <laughs> logos just for some spending cash i mean on top of getting paid from the shows obviously uh and yeah it uh it got pretty intense man it got pretty crazy we hooked up with some insanely talented people and the talent down there is just mind-blowing and what else is mind-blowing is how like there's so many homeless people the it just blows my mind how many people don't have a home and i was meeting these people down on the beach who were like the best guitarists you've ever heard in your life, the best pianists you'd ever heard, just the best at everything. And it's like, how did y'all get here? Like down on the beach with nowhere to like, nowhere to live. And I mean, everyone had a really interesting, unique story that brought them there too. Yeah. It's like nobody planned it. Nobody ran away from home or any of that kind of shit. Well, everyone had don't plan to be homeless, you know, he just happens bad luck, mostly. You have a job and you don't know what to do anymore and you don't have money. Yeah, you end up in the street. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, there was this old guy that we met and this is one of those, like, really good guitarists that we had met. Um, he was an old man, like, retired, old 63 or something like that. And he didn't drink and he didn't do any drugs, but he liked to hang out at the bar and just yeah. hang out with us young folks and laugh at us and all the silly things that we would say and do. And uh, he was a really, really nice guy, really cool, really down to earth. Um, he got kicked out. They sold his apartment building and they gave him a month to get out. So he's living off of a disability, like an old, like an old person, and he has no family left. Yeah. So he had nowhere to go. So he ended up putting all of his, all of his belongings in a storage locker. We <laughs> just live on the beach because you're not allowed to live in the storage unit. Although people have tried before. They, they find you in there and they kick you out. Um, so he had like all these guitars in the storage locker. He had all his friends. Wow. He would have to go there every day to get dressed and get changed and then go back down and just wander around um, because he was on such a, sh- a small income mm-hmm. every month. He could never get enough to pay the new prices of rent. So like the price of rent went up everywhere. So now he can't afford it. He can't afford See, they do something called a damage deposit. Mm-hmm. 
It's where you put a deposit down in case you do any damage. <laughs> Which is usually it's usually the same price as your rent. So when you're in Venice Beach and your rent is like two thousand a month, well your damage deposit's gonna be two thousand. So you need four thousand just to Yeah, it's the same here. I'm trying I was looking for a new place here and it's just like now you have to do two times your income over two times your monthly rent. You know, so place for thousand euros, you need to pay three thousand in one sum. It's like I don't even make that much money. I can pay them fine, but I don't make that much money in one month. Sorry. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, it takes like three or four months yeah. of saving. And I guess that was this guy's thought was like, how can I save and still pay somewhere? So he thought he would just live mm -hmm. on the street. Uh, it's a little different down on Venice Beach because it's the beach uh, and it's warm and it's warmish. I'll say, <laughs> I mean, it got cold in LA. That was the other thing. Man, that was an eye-opening experience because it got cold. <laughs> I thought people were like sleeping on the ground everywhere, but I remember going out and like I could see my breath. Like <sighs> you can see it. It's cold. You need a sweater. You need a long sleeve shirt. You need pants. It's not going to be comfortable to sleep outside. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> you got to keep going further south. I guess for that more tropical mm -hmm. weather, and uh, there would be people in the summer, anyways, when we would walk home from the bar from uh, from uh, the bistro, the Venice bistro. We would walk up Sunset, and there would be every night like twelve people sleeping on the ground in sleeping bags in the summer when it was warm. Everyone kind of disappeared when the cold came in. But yeah, you'd find people everywhere. Uh, a lot of people sleep in their cars parked all over the, the streets. A lot of like camper vans, uh, Winnebago's, RVs everywhere, people living in them. Yeah. And then they have a massive parking lot down on Venice Beach, and it's only $50 a month for a parking pass, unlimited day and night parking pass. So that parking lot was, I don't want to say full, but I'd probably say three quarters full. Yeah. Yeah, people well, just lived yeah. in their car. There was like this old hippie bus, an old Volkswagen bus painted with like flowers all over it. And it didn't have any wheels. It was up on blocks. And this old hippie man with long white hair down to his ass, he lived in that bus. And he would come out in the morning, he would do some yoga, and he would take his surfboard and go surfing. And then he would come back and hang out in his bus, lay out on the beach, get a tan, talk with everybody, smoke some reefer. Yeah. That was it. I mean, maybe he's figured out a secret dream that we haven't figured out. Maybe. Sounds like very good. For Yeah, just pay $50 a month. When, when, you're, when you get to be that age, I mean, the man was like in his 60s at least. When you're that age, it's like, you know, there's not much. If you've done it all, you've yeah, done it all. I don't care anymore. Much left to just do. relax. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> hey, that's all I need. I need a bus, a beach, and my yeah. surfboard. And the sun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did that, the whole LA thing. Uh, I got into stand-up comedy probably eight years before going to LA. <laughs> um, so I had been doing stand-up uh, here in Canada just telling jokes, uh, going to different venues. And again, I still had those friends that were throwing mm -hmm. raids. And so my friends would hire me to do jokes 
while different DJs were setting up their equipment and taking down the equipment. And since I like knew all the DJs too, for the most part, I would like tell jokes and like make fun of the DJs, like like a roast. So I was up there like making fun of them and teasing everybody and telling and doing stand up and doing jokes. And that stopped the crowd from leaving. Yeah. So when you have a show going on, you've got everybody up to the front of the stage and then the DJ's like, okay, thank you everyone, goodbye. And then everybody leaves. They all go outside to smoke cigarettes or they all go outside and they all go to the bathroom. And so a beer, this promoter, see, you know, or they come, come back. And get a beer. Um, so this promoter wanted them to stay. He wants everybody to not leave. So he hired me to do the stand-up in between and it worked pretty much. Like I'd say like, only the people who really needed a cigarette were going out to have a cigarette. That was it. Everyone, everyone else stayed and laughed. And I kind of felt bad because this one time, people kept coming up to me during the next DJ while the DJ was playing. And people were like, man, like, you're so funny. Like, when are you going back up there? Like, please, please go up right now. Can you go tell more jokes? I don't want to listen to a DJ. I want to listen to you. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, like, I'm just... I'm, you know, I'm literally, I'm like the host, you know, I'm the MC. I'm here to introduce the acts, say their name, and then tell some jokes. Like, I'm not, this isn't a comedy show. You can come see my comedy show, you know. I'll be playing at Yuck Yucks next week, but. Uh, <laughs> and uh, when I got down to LA, I, I just kept, you know, doing the same thing, just trying to play little shows here and there. And I mean, I don't know, it's a lot of fun making yeah. people laugh, man. It's a <laughs> can imagine yeah it's pretty fun yeah and, and so the this one night uh i had been asking if anybody could find us some magic mushrooms <laughs> that was kind of like i just really wanted to have some magic mushrooms down on venice beach that's all <laughs> i wanted it took probably like three months before it manifested itself into reality talking about it talking about it just constantly mentioning it like some mushrooms if anyone ever has some mushrooms maybe hook me up finally it came met a guy who knew a girl who had some mushrooms yes so my buddy and i we eat these mushrooms and then we're kind of like we're in our house right so we're just kind of we're safe and everything and then we get the itch we're like okay I can't stay in this house anymore. Like, I got to go outside. I got to be in nature. I want to put my feet in the water. I want to look up at the clouds. I want to smell the ocean air. Like, I got to go. I gotta, like, I'm like from Canada. Like, I'm used to nature. We're used to being yeah. outside. So we had to go out and we walked down. And on the way, we had another buddy who was a collaborator of music who lived along the way. So it's like, I don't know three or four in the morning and we start banging on this guy's window and we're like hey man wake up we're all on mushrooms wake <laughs> up and so we get this guy out of bed he's like oh hey guys oh it's the canadians that was like our nickname the canadians he's like oh it's the canadians okay come on in guys <laughs> like like it's not even an issue he's like oh four in the morning who cares come on in so we just went in his place and hung out there listened to music a little bit uh, tried to convince him to come down to the beach with us and eat some mushrooms, but apparently he had to work or something the next day. We were like, work? Work was that, yeah. And, 
so we we head down we get down to the beach now the beach there's a lot of homeless people that live on the beach but we had befriended a few of them and this one dude who called himself tupac (laughs) he was like a really big guy and he was like super friendly and he really liked us and whenever we would like cruise by on our skateboards or whatever he would like get up and run over and like fist pound us and like yo the canadians yeah what up and uh this dude would like randomly come up and be like yo y'all want to buy some diamonds and he would like pull out like a little glass vial of diamonds and he was trying to sell and uh he had this big back a backpack that was like twice the size of him so probably like a six foot backpack that he would throw up over his shoulder had all of his belongings in it and this guy strolled around with the fattest stack of cash i've ever seen in my life all he did was hang out on the beach and make deals buying and selling whatever the hell he could like down there sleeping on on the like on these like stone surfaces that they Mm. have it's like a like a table almost but made of stone and uh different homeless people would like claim the territory over these spots and they would fight you so if you went down at night to try and like maybe sleep on one of these they would come and like beat the shit out of you so that you don't go there don't go in their area so he had his own little like picnic table area now the thing i didn't say was that when we left the house high on mushrooms we put on scary halloween masks (laughs) so my buddy had this like clown mask that looked like real skin it was like this big ugly mask and the mouth had these Mm -hmm. giant sharp yellow teeth with drool running down and when the mouth moved like the skin of the mask would move and it felt like real hair it was really creepy and then i had on another scary mask just like we're walking around high on mushrooms wearing these scary masks in another country (laughs) i've already stayed stayed at this point past the six month mark now if you're canadian you're not allowed to stay in the states more than six months you have to go back why it stayed past six months so there's that on top of it all so i'm technically an illegal alien i'm not supposed to be there at all high on mushrooms wearing scary clown masks running around on venice beach we had a buddy who lived right on venice beach and my buddy got up on my shoulders and tried to climb up into this other guy's apartment <laughs> <laughs> the guy came out and looked over the railing and he's like what are you guys doing what the hell's going on and we took our masks off we're like hey it's the canadian we're on mushrooms let's party this guy's like nope and he shuts the door and he goes back in well then we start walking over towards where like all the homeless people were where tupac is laying with his with his big bag of shit we get over to tupac and he's like so we still have the masks on by the way and we're like walking like this like really uh, like a silly walk, uh, like Monty yeah. Python kind of like silly walk kind of thing. We're like doodly, 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 doodly. Tupac's reaching in his bag trying to pull out a knife so he could protect himself from the two scary clown monsters coming over. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's just us underneath it. And we pull off our mask. We're like, yo. And he's like, oh, oh, my heart. Oh, my heart. He's like, y'all were about to get stabbed, man. He's like, I was reaching for my knife. Y'all were going to get it. <laughs> it's all good we're high on mushrooms man he's like mushrooms like y'all canadians are crazy y'all get away from me man (laughs) (laughs) just go away 
And then we just kind of like roamed down to the beach, put our feet in the water. Now the sun's coming up, looking at the clouds. We go back up. There's this um, place called Full Circle. And Full Circle is like a hippie place where you can go and do meditation classes. You can take yoga classes. They have like potluck dinners. They do sound bath healings, things like that. You can buy magic crystals. You can have your tarot cards read. Yeah. Anything yeah. about you know, very woo-woo stuff. They have a bench out front and there was like a yoga class or something was happening. So we sit there on this bench and we put on our scary masks and everybody who walked by, we were like waving at them and they were laughing and waving and laughing. Police car drives by and we're, so we're smoking a joint as the police car drives by and we're like, oh shit. So we like take the masks off, take the joint and throw it down the street. And then we just sit there. We're like, well, we can't run. Like, if we run, we're going to look guilty. Well, let's just sit here and wait it out. The cops were, like, looking at us through the window. They drove around the block and came back just to get a second look. And they weren't even mad. They just wanted to see us sitting there with weird clown masks on. And they start pointing and laughing at us through the window. Ah! And then waving and beeping the horn. All right, Jerry. Thank you for joining my podcast. And if you want to know more about him, just go to anchor.com slash beyond the mat. And it was today's episode. Tomorrow I have the second part of Jay's life story. So keep on listening and thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Pascal out.